Welcome to Camp Radio, a podcast production of TN Baptist Camps, the official camps and conference centers of the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board. Camp Radio, discussing trends and issues that will encourage ministries and churches in their efforts to impact people for Christ. To learn more about TN Baptist Camps, visit us at tnbaptistcamps.org. Now, today's Camp Radio. Thank you for joining us on Camp Radio today. My name is Kevin Peridge, and I'll be your host. Christian education sets the foundation for developing future leaders in our local church. And we have with us today a special guest, Dr. Charles Fowler. He is the president of Carson Newman University. Uh, Dr. Fowler, thank you for joining us today. Thank you. It's a great honor to to get to spend this time with you and those who will be listening to this podcast. Great. Well, once you let's begin by you just tell us a little bit about yourself. I uh, I guess the the overview of my life that uh, brings me to here is uh, I'm from Corinth, Mississippi. Uh, originally, I married my Union University sweetheart after college, off to seminary in New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary, then to PhD work in. Mississippi State University. Uh, we have two daughters. They're both grown and married. Our oldest daughter has uh, got a two-year-old grandson, which we are delighted. Her husband is currently deployed with the U.S. Army uh, in the Middle East. And so she and our grandson are actually living with my wife and me and made the move with us to East Tennessee last summer. Yeah. Our baby girl is married and living in Paragould, Arkansas. And so for the last 10 years, I pastored Germantown Baptist Church. The 15 years prior to that, I served in administration at Union University. And now here I am at Carson Newman University and thrilled about this new chapter. Right. Well, we are excited about you being here. You know, I know that this transition uh, may be very different because you went from working in administration at Union to a pastor, then to back end into a, a different, much different role as president of the university. So what's that transition like? What has that been like? There are days uh, that it's overwhelming and other days it's um, incredible. But I have learned when I went to college, my idea was that I was going to college to prepare for a particular kind of ministry. But in essence, in my journey, I have been a youth pastor, a worship pastor, an associate pastor, a senior pastor, an interim pastor, a student, an administrator, and now a college president. And it shows you the value of what a Christ-centered liberal arts education does, that as you follow the Lord and that uh, as his path directs your path through unexpected twists and turns, he he equips you for those times. And so I have seen every move that I have made. I have seen how God prepared me. He brought circumstances into my life that I may not have connected the dots before, but when I step into a new season, uh, I see, wow, God was just very deliberately moving me through uh, circumstances to get my heart and my life ready mm-hmm. for a new season. And that's has exactly been the case yeah. here. Yeah, you know how we think about it as we're young in the ministry and, and how God begins to develop us as a youth pastor to a pastor. And sometimes we think, well, we're kind of settled into this, but we never know where God moves us. No matter what age or what season of life we are, 
to the next level. And it may be an area that we would never thought of. Exactly. When I uh, became a senior pastor, I kind of assumed that I would finish my journey in, as a senior pastor. But after the Lord led me to uh, Carson Newman, I really see how I would not, you know, the verdict is still out. I'm a brand new president, <laughs> so who knows how effective I will be. Yeah. But I know that I'm going to be a much more effective president because I served as a senior pastor. Right. There are demands and experiences that senior pastors deal with that no one else experiences. And so Carson Newman called a president and not a pastor, but mm-hmm. my leadership style is very pastoral in sure. nature. Well, and we'll talk more about that here in a couple of minutes, but I really want to see what your vision for Carson Newman is. Well, you know, um, the reality is that when I have made moves, the way I think about moving is that I, I believe God instills a sense of where he wants me as a leader to focus my energies and lead the people he is uh, sending me to shepherd. So like when I went to Germantown Baptist Church, I prayed and the Lord gave me a vision for the church. And so when they voted on me as pastor, I asked them not to call a pastor if they don't embrace a vision that God has impressed that on me. So we did both. So when I came to Carson Newman, I wrote what I call the five pillars of purpose. Mm -hmm. These are going to be shaping my ministry and leadership as a president. They are to be missionally directed, to be confessionally defined, church-focused, innovatively driven, and Mm culture-impacting. And so all of the decisions that I make as president, I filter through those five pillars of purpose just to ensure that when I make a decision, whether it's a small step or a big step, it's headed in the same direction. Sure. Well, now uh, let's look toward your passion for ministry. Mm -hmm. What is your passion? Well, you know, ultimately, while uh, I don't feel that my core calling has changed since Mm -hmm. I was an 18-year-old moving to college to begin to pursue ministry, the context has changed. It is my goal, I believe, is that I have a burden for people, I have a gifting in leadership, and I have the, a great commission and a great commandment that gives meaning and focus to what I do. The context has changed, True. whether I'm a student, a pastor, an administrator, a president, or whatever. I really lead with the hopes of seeing life change occur. Mm -hmm. And that's that culture impacting piece in those five pillars. And so since we've come, we've probably seen since the fall semester began, probably 60 students come to saving faith in Jesus Christ. We are are very intentionally trying to shift a culture Mm -hmm. to begin anticipating and working toward a life-changing experience for our faculty, staff, and students. Yeah, well, and that's that's really unheard of. Uh, not a lot of universities are doing that. College, small colleges, the focus is on evangelism, and so to be able to turn that and uh, uh, help your students, and of course, you know, as a leader, being a leader, with that to your focus, your students are going to follow suit with that, right? That is um, my hope and prayer. I know that there's only so much that I can do, but uh, it's sort of like Paul says. 
in 1 Corinthians 2, 5, that my faith rests not on the wisdom of man, but the power of God. Well, I'm wanting to give the best wisdom that I can to lead this community in that direction. But ultimately, uh, my faith is not in me, but it's in the power of God to accomplish those life-changing effects, a work habit-changing effects, and uh, culture-changing effects in this place. Right. I remember I was a student here. Uh, I can't remember what we called those. We had a, a, a weekend. It was set aside. There might have been two we did a year that uh, a student, a couple students could either go lead music or they would go preach at a church. And so they would kind of disperse us across East Tennessee. And, and that was the best experience. I love doing that. And so, uh, but that that's one thing after, I can't remember how many years it's been since I graduated from here, but I remember that as just a really a, a time that I can be in front of people, be more comfortable about it, and to be able to do what God's called me to do. Exactly. And, and while the experience uh, of preaching and leading music is important for students, it also helps students to learn that as good as they are, they need the Holy Spirit of God to anoint them and guide them. That's a very intimidating situation for a student. And I think it's a great place for students to begin learning that when they're 50 years old and they've been doing this for 25 years, that they need to never lose that sense of this is not a skill that I have mastered. This mm-hmm. is something that every week there's a fresh word, a fresh uh, encounter that people are coming to experience as we gather as a community of faith around the word. And I think it, it, it helps set that stage for our students. Right. So how do you envision the uh, students at Carson Newman or Carson Newman in general impacting our, the local church? First of all, it's important for us to help our students understand the importance of the local church mm-hmm. because not only with with 18 to 22 year olds today culture in general is sort of stewarding people away from the church you see attendance and everything uh, sort of uh, struggling in in many pockets I, I think one we have to instill a sense in our students that the church is a priority for every believer. Secondly, we need to instill some spiritual disciplines in them so that they can be a vital part of a community of faith. Even as a student, they're serving, they're worshiping, they're giving in and through a local church so that when they leave, they become rainmakers really in the Mm -hmm. communities where they go. They in other words, they bless more than themselves so that in the marketplace where they work, in the churches where they worship and serve, in their homes where they where they lead their families, they recognize that they have been placed there divinely by God to be a rainmaker so that so many others are blessed because of the work that the Holy Spirit has done in us as we are faithful to serve and worship and to walk a life of faith. Right. And I don't think people realize how much what Christian education does, or what education in general does, how it, you don't just go to class. Yeah. You don't just take your, do your homework and pass your test, but there's more to the culture of it that really develops you. 
and in a, a secular university, uh, you you'll tend to uh, uh, lean toward that culture. But within a Christian environment, you you have that emphasis that the church is important, that your walk with Christ is number one, and the education is part of just preparing you for what God has for you in the future. Exactly. A few months ago, we had the privilege of welcoming a new head football coach. And I remember in his testimony, he's a Carson Newman alum. Right. And he shared about his recruiting visit. Mm. And he stayed in the dorms with some other football players. And that night, they they sat there and he noticed that they had these books with a runner on the cover of them. Mm. And these football players sat around in their rooms talking about what was in those books until 2 o'clock in the morning, and it was a Bible. So before he left his recruiting visit, he asked if he could have a Bible. He had never had one. Mm. And so they gave it to him. He, in turn, as he moved into his freshman year as a football player at Carson Newman, he got saved, he got baptized, he connected with a local church. He is still leading people to faith in Christ. His family is actively involved in a, a local church. And he now in this position has enormous influence sure. over so many. And it all starts mm. with some conversations that were taking place in a dorm room at two o'clock in the morning right. on this campus. And it's a beautiful picture of how important just the being in a community like this is. Right. Well, that kind of leads me to the next question. So how, how does Carson Newman make efforts to be able to reach the lost? Uh, first of all, uh, we are consistently preaching the gospel uh, in and through our chapel services. Right. And we are developing some very specific plans to help ensure that we, as a community, help our students see what a gospel-saturated life looks like right. and then help them to walk in it. And so literally, uh, we're going to be rolling out this fall a brand new program mm-hmm. that is going to be designed simply to equip our students to share the gospel and live awesome. the gospel and then to uh, walk alongside them mm-hmm. to help that become a part of their lifestyle. In essence, and as you go, a uh, Great Commission approach. And, uh, and we're going to begin recognizing students who go through that program uh, in, cha- in graduations, that that's going to be elevated to such a public platform mm-hmm. and showing that this is a priority for right. a place like Carson Newman. Yeah. Well, and I know that Carson Newman has programs like Appalachian Outreach, uh, programs like that, that they go out and learn to serve and do ministry and share the gospel. So those are neat things. It's an amazing thing if people saw Appalachian Outreach and realized that that started with a group of Carson Newman students, and now it has grown into a ministry where we feed 600 families a month. We have a 12,000-square-foot home for homeless mothers and their children to care for them. We have a mercy ministries to provide clothing and food and and construction ministries, all growing out of this Appalachian outreach that was birthed in the heart of students Mm. first. And now it's a an incredible ministry that's making such an impact in this community. And students are still involved in that. They are. Very heavily. Yeah. It's grown so large that we have a full-time staff to wow. help shepherd it. But so much of the ministry 
that takes place requires an army of volunteers. I remember when I was here, it wasn't that big. And so it's grown quite a bit since yeah. uh, since I, I've been gone. I know that you have a heart for pastors. I wanted to ask you, over the years in ministry, what are some things that you uh, have kind of put in place of, of ways in which you kind of take care of yourself as a pastor? You know, it's probably, I would say, like most of my friends, uh, I reached a time in ministry where pastors are continually giving to others. And if you're not refreshing your own storehouse, uh, you you eventually run out. And I ran out. Mm. I've had a couple of men uh, who came alongside me and, and really helped me develop some spiritual disciplines in meditation and prayer uh, in scripture reading and uh, especially in prayer patterns that I, I use just to ensure that I am not sacrificing my own spiritual growth and development and really intimacy with the Lord right. just to continue to pour into others. And so it, it really does come down to spiritual disciplines and for each of us as pastors, surrounding ourselves with people with wells deeper than our own who allow us to draw from them. Right. And uh, and those patterns have uh, really sustained me through some, right. some interesting days of ministry. So if you can give, uh, and of course you already kind of named a few things, but if you if a pastor is listening today, if you get, were to give him advice, what would be some things you would tell him that he needs to ensure uh, that uh, <clears throat> he can overcome stress uh, to be able to keep from burning out? And, and just keep that walk with the Lord fresh. Would you have a one, two, three type I would, thing? Yes, I would. A one, two, three. And it seems almost cliche-ish, but it, it is. One is to stay in the Word. I found years ago that it's so easy to just make that a ritual rather than uh, an essential for nourishment. Mm -hmm. And if we just say, I'm going to read an Old Testament chapter, a New Testament chapter, and a Psalm or Proverbs every day, and we read it and check off that box, then I fear that we're leaving ourselves susceptible. I I think we need to read in the Word until the Word speaks in a powerful way with us. Sometimes that may be one verse. Mm -hmm. Other times that may be two or three chapters or more. But we say, Lord, I want to be in your Word today until you give a Word that is quickened in my heart that's Mm -hmm. applicable. I think prayer, both speaking to and listening to the Lord as a significant part of of your schedule each day uh, and surrounding yourselves with people who encourage you to stay faithful in those ways. I found that as a pastor, uh, it's hard sometimes to find people Mm -hmm. who can see beyond their own need But you need to surround yourself with a few people who are going to encourage you to stay faithful in the scriptures, to stay intimate with the Lord, to stay faithful in your prayer, and to have times of fun and times of intimacy with your family. Mm -hmm. My family and I, for one of the patterns that we did is that we have dinner together Mm -hmm. almost every day, unless it's a banquet or something. But if I have an evening event, our family gathers around the dinner table it sounds kind of old-fashioned, but that's been a time where we connect with each other almost every day. And finding out that pattern and rhythm in your family is essential. 
and, and there's a lot of pastors who are struggling right now. They um, they they don't want to let their guard down enough to talk to someone. Right. And and it's uh, it it uh, they it can lead to dangerous things in our life. And you know, for me, I it's it's this isn't for everyone, but I love motorcycles. Mm-hmm. And um, other than time with my family, that one of the things that I do for me is to get on that motorcycle. There's no texting. There's no emails. There are no phone calls. You just get on that bike and the wind in your face and and hit the road. And it's therapeutic to disconnect from social media and everybody in the world who is demanding a moment of your time or demanding a piece of your life. Uh, You've got to create that space where you unplug and detach. For me, uh, my favorite places to do that is is sitting on my motorcycle. Yeah, and I didn't notice as I drove in, uh, I I saw you walking down the sidewalk with a cup of coffee, just kind of relaxing, enjoying the the weather out, and and so that's that's important too. Just a, a Time to break away, isn't it? It is. And I just got out this morning and decided there's so much stress in a busy uh, semester that I would just walk around and stick my head in various offices and mm-hmm. check on faculty, staff, and students, tell them I hope they have a blessed day and see if there's anything I can do to help them. And, and it just uh, encourages my own heart and, uh, and blessed me far more than anybody got blessed by it. Well, let me ask you this. Does it make an impact uh, by taking a few days away, maybe personal, maybe within a church setting, your uh, students taking a few days away, kind of breaking away from just a general uh, day-to-day thing? Uh, does that make an impact on you personally or even in the <laughs> church? Absolutely. If you ask uh, folks in Germantown Baptist Church, uh, they would tell you that something that I did at least every three months, mm-hmm. but sometimes more frequently than that, I would take two or three days and I would get alone uh, uh, somewhere with my Bible and my journal and nothing else right. and pray, think, plan, reflect, study. I've never not come back refreshed and inspired. I've got Uh, new ideas for ministry. And that has been a, if there is a ritual in my life, it is, it has been that every two or three months, my wife knows I'm, I'm going to go somewhere and sit beside a river or sit on the side of a mountain Mm -hmm. or out in the woods somewhere. And just with a Bible and a journal and just the Lord in me and it's a very, very powerful moments that probably have had helped shape the person I am. Right. Well, Dr. Fowler, thank you very much for just sharing, really just sharing your heart about not only Carson Newman Christian education, but just for your uh, passion for ministry. And, and I, I know the Tennessee Baptists across the state are very excited about seeing what God's going to do here at Carson Newman. Well, thank you. I pray that he does great and wonderful things. Tennessee Baptist is... I think just the choicest hmm. of um, state convention families. I love our pastors. So grateful for our churches. And I thank the Lord for the privilege to be a part of this family in Tennessee and to be able to be a part of what God's unveiling here at Carson Newman. Amen. 
thank you, Dr. Fowler. Thank you. I'd also like to thank our listening audience today for listening to our podcast. We would love to hear from you. If you have any questions for Dr. Fowler or what we do at TM Baptist Camps, please send us an email at ccinfo at tmbaptist.org. Until next time, I hope that you look for opportunities to start a conversation about Christ with someone you know. Thanks for listening to Camp Radio, a podcast production of TN Baptist Camps, the official camps and conference centers of the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board. This and other episodes can be downloaded from tnbaptistcamps.org. The ministries of Carson Springs and Linden Valley are supported through the cooperative program and gifts received through the Golden Offering for Tennessee Missions. For more information, visit tnbaptistcamps.org.